You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you're smiling. Hey you, bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the best damn movie related show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, for Movie Lovers Tonight, John DiGorio. And I just want to say it's an honor and a privilege to be able to talk about movies in front of a virtual water cooler. And for today, I'm going to be talking about HBO's prequel series to Game of Thrones, and that is The House of Dragon getting over into 2022. I'm going to go into a little bit of a plot line on what that show is actually going to be about if you're not up to date with it. Then, Helen Lyle, the very first character from the very first Candyman movie is actually going to be back for this Jordan Peele Candyman uh, sequel, and I'm going to be talking about that. Then I'm moving down to Amazon. They decided to let the Dark Ta- Stephen King's The Dark Tower ride out into the sunset, looking for another streaming service for this Dark Tower TV series. I'm going to be talking about that, and then Green Lantern, HBO Max. They actually have an update on the Green Lantern show that's actually going to be a part of their streaming service, so stay tuned for that. Then, this is actually not a little bit of movie news or anything like that. This is just me having a good time speculating on what would be a good idea for Wesley Snipes to return into the Blade franchise in the reboot. And I want to go on ahead and talk about that. So, that's going to be our topics for today. So, let's go on ahead and get into this thing. So, as I announced last year that Game of Thrones is actually coming out with a prequel series based off of the George R. 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 Martin book called House of Dragon. This is actually dealing with the Targaryen um, background and everything else. This is actually before the events of Game of Thrones, before everything actually went down. And this is actually going into the making that whole entire uncomfortable throne that everybody wants to fight over to the point where you had Daenerys's dragon that burnt it to a crisp at the very end of the season and let's just be honest with you let me just be honest with you last season was a complete letdown it didn't add up to anything that they were trying to do with all the other seasons or anything like that it was very rushed very put together but in all aspects, I loved aspects of the show, but I didn't love it as a whole. But for them to go on ahead and move forward to do a House of Dragon TV show with Game of Thrones and reintroduce us to new characters and build up two characters that we haven't seen before within this universe, I'm all for it. I'm actually geeked out over it. But the only thing that I'm kind of hesitant with is the fact that they moved it to a 2022 release date for HBO. And... My my thing is this, and I even have to agree with my friend D on this one, is the fact that, you know, he's a Game of Thrones fan. He loves Game of Thrones. And, 
you know, and I'm even going to have to say this. As a Game of Thrones fan, yeah, I'm excited for it now, but what about a few years from now? Is the hype still going to be there is my main thing. Am I still going to be excited about it now, as of right now? I'm excited. But am I going to have that same feeling whenever they release it in 2022? That's the other thing. And, you know, D is also on the same level, same thing, too, where, you know, he's he's not sure if he's going to be excited for it later on. And that's another thing, too, is I'm not sure how I'm going to actually feel later on in the future, two years later. But right now, present day, John is actually excited at the fact that we are actually going to get reintroduced into this world that George R.R. Martin has actually introduced us to. And to actually have a little bit more background of the Tigarians and stuff like that. I love that idea and everything. I'm all for it. I love fantasy. I love sci-fi. I love talking about Game of Thrones. And matter of fact, Game of Thrones was actually one of my favorite TV shows starting out of the whole entire fantasy realm and stuff like that, aside from what we got with Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And, you know, and I believe that Game of Thrones is one of the best fantasy TV shows that we have today, aside from that horrific season that we had last uh, last season with the direction that they decided to go in. And everything was just rushed and put together because they wanted to work on Star Wars. But, you know, I just think that this sh- this whole entire show where they actually want to do a prequel show out of this and introduce us to new characters, new layouts, new everything that we ever thought about Game of Thrones and go into the whole entire background of the ancestor- ancestors of the other characters. So I'm all for that. Tell me what you guys think. Do you like the idea of a House of Dragons TV show? Let me know because I would like to actually know what you guys have to say about that. Now we have Helen Lyle. She's returning to Candyman. And, you know, I love the idea that Jordan Peele is doing a Candyman sequel rather than a prequel story, rather than a remake or a reboot or anything like that. It's actually going to be a straight up sequel to the first uh, Candyman or the first two Candymans, if I'm not mistaken. But if I'm wrong, correct me and everything. I don't mind it because I, sometimes I actually do need to be recorrected. But... Like, this is what I'm excited about. I'm glad that they actually have it set in the same city and same town and everything else that the original Candyman was at, was in. And it has that old school flavor feel to it that I actually like the fact that they're actually doing this. And they actually have Helen Lyle back. And, you know, what I'm wondering about... Is this going to be more of a nostalgia feel to it, just to have her back? Is she still going to be alive? Is this just going to be flashbacks? What's what's going to be the main motivation with her character for being back? It's just a small cameo role saying, hey, look, she was the girl that was investigating the Candyman stuff that was going on during the time. And she died because of Candyman. And now, you know, we're move on to present time where you have flashbacks of her and stuff like that so I'm not sure of the direction that Jordan Peele is trying to go with Helen Lyle being back in Candyman but it does bring up a lot of nostalgia for me as someone that actually enjoys Tony Todd in the Candyman franchise and then there's also going to be two Candyman uh characters in this franchise so well in this sequel and I'm wondering what's that going to be about why are they having two Candyman movies 
Is it the fact that they're going to go on ahead and make it to where Candyman was once young and then later on he winds up becoming the person that we all knew and uh, knew and feared, which was Tony Todd's version of Candyman? Because we all know Tony Todd's going to be in Candyman. But it's just a little bit of confusion as to what direction Jordan wants to go in with this movie. And until I see a trailer and everything else, you know, I'm not going to know what direction that he actually wants to go in with this movie. But it still makes me hopeful. It still makes me excited to actually see what they're actually wanting to do with a Candyman movie. Because it's been years since we got a Candyman uh, urban legend type of movie. As a matter of fact, I love urban legends. I love... Uh, bloody the Bloody Mary Urban Legends. As a matter of fact, I even love the movie Urban Legends itself as a slasher film. But you know, there was just something the mythology with Candyman and being feared over the fact that you can say this person's name five times and then he pops up in the mirror and then he kills you. And that's just something to be feared about about Candyman and stuff like that. Especially his origin story is very dark to the point you know where you actually have. It where he's actually a slave and then he winds up falling in love with this white woman. And of course, you already know that during those times and an era and everything that there's a huge race problem with that. And then there's repercussions of what happens to him and why he is the way he is is because of the fact that they cut off his hand and replace it with a hook. And he's actually attacked. They pour, him, pour honey on him and he's tortured by bees. And then, of course, that's where the legend actually comes from with Candyman in the movie. And, you know, I've always loved Tony Todd as Candyman. I thought he was just dark and haunting. And to actually see him back again as Candyman, it excites me. It gives you a nostalgia factor to it. I'm not going to lie. There's actually a lot of nostalgia to it. But I'm hoping that this movie is not just built around just nostalgia. Or anything like that. We're like, oh yeah, you remember this character? Well, guess what? She's back. Oh, you remember this other character? Well, that person's back. I don't want it to be where it's like cameo, cameo, cameo. I want it to be like, okay, they touched on the fact that Helen Lyle's back. Let's move on from Helen Lyle. Let's make this movie its own entity without even doing any type of Easter eggs or any other cameos to go with the other Candyman movie. I want this to, to be its own movie without even doing that. Because sometimes doing certain things like that where you actually have cameos in the thing can actually feel forced. Like, for instance, the new Ghostbusters movie where you actually have the original Ghostbusters in there as other people. And they're actually saying, oh, you remember this character? Well, guess what? Now this is him now. And everything. And... It just doesn't fit into the fact that whenever they're trying to do something like that because it's always forced. The only time that I can actually say that it was actually successful whenever they do the whole entire thing where you actually have small cameos was the new Halloween movie where it was like, okay, the sheriff that was the original sheriff in Halloween and everything and they introduced him back into this franchise again. It was a very tip of the hat, very not even forced or anything. It was one and done and that was it. And then they, of course, uh, did a tip of the hat to Dr. Loomis and everything by saying, oh, you must be the new doctor. And, of course, he does some stuff that actually took me out of the movie. But that was the only thing that I could actually say that took me out of the movie was the stuff that they did with Dr. Loomis. But 
Back to Candyman, though. I'm hoping that they don't do something around that line with what they did with Dr. Loomis's character. I'm hoping that they actually do something on the lines of what they did with the sheriff, where it's like, okay, it's the tip of the hat. We can move on from this character and work with something else rather than going on ahead and following Helen Lyle back again if they're actually going with Helen Lyle's character. Because don't forget, she was also killed in the very first Candyman, so I'm wondering... If this is actually something different, maybe a flashback, I don't know. But it gives me some hope. It gives me some joy seeing the fact and knowing that Jordan Peele is actually doing another Candyman movie. So tell me what you guys think. Are you excited about this uh, whole entire sequel story about uh, Candyman? Let me know what you guys have to say about that. Because for me personally, I'm excited for it. I'm a huge horror buff when it comes down to old original classic uh, movies that took place in the 90s. Like Candyman and stuff like that. And yes, I'm considering 90s movies are a classic in some cases and everything. But tell me what you guys have to say about Helen Lyle being back in the Candyman movie. So now we got Amazon cancels the Dark Tower pilot. And they said the reason why they canceled the pilot was because of the fact that they didn't really feel like there was a need to actually have a Dark Towers TV series because it doesn't really connect well with audiences compared to like Lord of the Rings and some other series that they were actually working on on Amazon. So Amazon parted ways with, of course, the Dark Tower. And now they're having to ride off into the sunset to find another home for the Star Tower series, and of course, they also had some actors that were already attached to play Roland and also play the uh, the Man in Black, and you know, this is a business. This These things happen all the time, so I'm sure that we can actually find another home form. It's just, I feel like having a TV show or a movie for the Dark Tower is kind of hard in a way because of the way that they have to do certain things. And I'm sure even the budgeting for that TV show is expensive as anything. Don't get me wrong, The Witcher is probably expensive to actually shoot and stuff like that with Netflix. And even maybe Dracula with the BBC stuff that they actually did. But, you know, I feel like maybe Netflix might be a good home for them or Hulu, especially what Hulu is doing with... um you know, Castle Rock. I think that Hulu would be a perfect addition to having a Stephen King-built universe on Hulu. Because don't forget, we also got Castle Rock, but then we also have another show that he actually did, which is 112263, I believe, with the whole JFK thing, going back in time, trying to stop the JFK assassination. And that that TV show got a lot of praise for. And so has Castle Rock. I enjoy the second season. If you haven't listened to any of my podcast episodes, I've enjoyed watching the Castle Rock stuff. So I think actually putting the Dark Tower in Hulu would actually be pretty good because of the fact that you already have your... Uh, your streaming service subscribers already hooked on two Stephen King adaptations. And to have the Dark Tower added into that thing, it makes us want to actually keep our Hulu accounts open rather than close them. And then also, too, you know, I have to agree with Stephen King whenever he says that I don't, he doesn't think any studio wants to actually touch uh, a dark, uh, the Dark Tower because of the bombshell that they actually had for the Dark Tower movies with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. And this, this is no, like I said, in the article that I wrote, I don't mean no disrespect 
or anything like that with Matthew McConaughey or Edward Elba because they are both great actors. It was just the direction that the studios and the director decided to go in with the Dark Tower movie that made it fall apart. The acting, the everything else that they were trying to do in this movie was very forced because of the dialogue and because of the writing of the script was what was the downfall for the movie in itself. And then also through the set pieces and the Easter eggs and stuff like that just didn't make sense. And I think that they tried covering up this movie whenever they were trying to actually advertise it. Because if you think about it, there was not that much advertising going on for The Dark Tower at that time. And by the time you get down to the release date and everything, they had barely anything going on. It was like they were trying to hide their product instead of embracing it and be like, yeah, it's a mess. It's a giant piece of crap. But we're still going to sell this thing and act like that this movie is the best thing in the world, even though it's not. And I think that you need to sell this with confidence rather than going ahead and try and hide something. Because I think if you went on ahead and kept on trying to push it out, maybe maybe more people might want to go and see it. But word of mouth got around and the movie bombed. But I have to agree with Stephen King when he says that no studio would want to touch it because of the because of the box office bomb with the Dark Tower movie, and that might be actually something that might actually be why nobody wants to touch it. And you know that's just my my opinion on that subject and everything. You know, there's other streaming services. I get the fact that people are upset or mad at the fact that this that Amazon decided to go on ahead and not even give the Dark Tower a light of day, especially when, you know, you actually had, I want to say Amazon was the one who did the Zombieland TV series. And they did about three episodes and it was canceled. And I understand that they don't want to waste budget or anything like that if they if this TV show fails. But, you know, I feel like as a Stephen King fan, and there's a lot of Stephen King fans out there that are, are in love with the character of Roland and enjoy the Gunslinger um, comic books and stuff like that with the Dark Tower. Matter of fact, I own a bunch of the Dark Tower stuff. But, you know, I feel like that people are actually wanting this. I feel like this would have actually been a success and everything rather than a failure because of the fact that, you know, yeah, it's not as... They think it's not as big as what Lord of the Rings is, but it is just as big as Lord of the Rings when you actually think about it. This world, this universe that Stephen King actually created, it was a perfect blend of sci-fi, fantasy, and everything else rolled into one single unit, and he built this universe and everything, and I think that it would have been actually been a great idea to actually have them on Amazon because they actually do have the production flow to actually do it. And as for Netflix, they're actually a billion dollars in debt. So I'm not 100% sure if they would want to go ahead and take a chance on the Dark Tower. But I think that, you know, they would actually been a pretty cool idea to actually see maybe a Netflix limited series like they've been doing just to see how it's going to do. But, you know, I think Hulu is actually the best place to actually have them on. Like I said, they introduced us into the world of Castle Rock. They also they also introduced us into the world of Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, with James Franco. I mean, you can't go wrong with two great, critically acclaimed, audience loving shows on Hulu right now. 
and actually have another show after one other season might actually finish and have the Dark Tower in its place. This is actually a good move for Hulu if they decide to go with this route. But the question is, are they actually going to go that route? Are they actually going to pick up with Amazon? Or are they going to go with HBO Max, CBS All Access? Because we already know that CBS All Access is actually having the stand. So I don't know if they're actually going to go with the uh, CBS All Access or anything like that. But it'll be interesting to see how days go by and see what this th- how this thing actually plays out. But for me, Hulu is actually the best place for it. Tell me what you guys think. In the descriptions below, I'm actually going to have it to where you guys can send me a voicemail message to let me know what you guys think about the show tonight. Now I'm going to go on ahead and speaking about HBO Max and stuff, Green Lantern is actually going to be part of HBO's streaming service with HBO Max. And they actually gave us an update that they are going to have other lanterns on our Earth. And Sinestro is actually going to be a part of that world. And I love the fact that they're actually putting it on Earth and also probably some outer space stuff too because the Lantern Corps is actually in space and everything else. But to actually have these Lanterns actually walking among us and not know that they are actually Green Lanterns is actually pretty cool. Don't forget too with that horrible Green Lantern movie that even Ryan Reynolds himself doesn't even want to even dig up and everything you know, there was that cool aspect where you actually see a lantern actually crash onto the earth and then he meets up with Hal Jordan and then Hal becomes the Green Lantern. And I love the aspect of where they actually want to put other Green Lanterns on our earth walking among us. It kind of reminds, reminds me of the skull, scrolls in a way from the Avengers um movie and everything where you actually have them shape-shifting into other people to blend in as a human being when they're not really a human being and I think that might actually be a pretty good cool concept where you actually have these creatures lurking in the uh, in the shadows or maybe they're shape-shifting and they're actually living among us I think it would be an actual pretty good twist on the whole entire thing with Green Lantern I would like to actually see Idris Alba take the reins of of a green of Green Lantern as well, not just Hal Jordan, but you know I think that he would have been a pretty cool uh, Green Lantern because don't I'm not I'm just saying with his acting abilities and stuff like that I think he would be a great Green Lantern, you know, but still I mean I'm still I'm still happy with the fact that there that we're even getting a Green Lantern TV series because I wasn't sure. If we were even going to be seeing the seeing another Green Lantern anything after the bomb that we actually got with Green Lantern. Even though they actually introduced us to Green Lanterns in the Justice League uh, movie and everything too. But another thing too is the DCU is now officially dead according to how they actually did the whole entire uh, spin where you actually have Ezra Miller's Flash into... Um, the TV show Flash and recently and with Crisis on Earth. And now we actually know for a fact that the DCU is dead. So having them established into the HBO Max TV show is actually pretty neat to actually do where you can actually develop the characters better where you don't have to worry about 
wondering if you're going to fit something into a two-hour time span whenever you can actually fit it into a little bit more of a time span than what you normally have. And you can actually have your layers to your characters. You can have everything laid out. The foundation is there. It can actually be sweaty. You can geek out. You can actually have everything that you want lined up. So that's actually how I feel about the Green Lantern news that actually broke today. And yeah, it's not much to actually go on, but it still makes you geek out. It still makes you a little sweaty actually thinking at the fact that the tambalization that Green Lantern is actually going to happen and that it's actually going to be on HBO streaming service services with HBO Max. So tell me what you guys think about that news. And now this is just me having a good time with a little bit of speculation. There's no truth to this or anything like that. There's no news report or anything like that. It's just me having a good time. So I've been thinking about this a lot. And I've been thinking about Blade, the reboot. Aside from the actor that actually wants to be back as Deacon Frost, you already know my thoughts on that whole entire deal where I'm actually excited at the fact that we might actually, that he actually wants to play Deacon Frost again and to actually do something more with the character than what we got in the very first Blade movie. But anyways, everybody's favorite character was Wessler, who's always the guy who was training Blade as a young kid on how to take down the vampires, how to actually kill them, and also train how to actually not uh, drink the blood of the humans or anything like that, too. So, you know, I love the Whistler character. I thought the actor that played Whistler was actually great. But now it's time for a reboot. And, you know, we actually do have a good actor playing Blade. And I forgot what the actor's name is. But, you know, I feel like, you know, I know they want to try and put Wesley Snipes back into this universe at some some point in time. And I'm not sure if it's going to be with the first Blade movie or anything like that. But I do know for a fact that they do want to try and incorporate Wesley Snipes in some way or fashion. So... What I'm thinking would be a perfect fit for him would be Whistler. And I, before anybody says, oh, Whistler was a white guy. So what? You can change the origin of a character as long as the fact, not, not the origin of the character. I'm sorry. I, let me repeat that. You can change the race of the character as long as you don't change the origins of where that character comes from to benefit the actor. I'm okay with that because of the fact that I think that having Blade as Wessler would be a great thing because think of it like this. You actually have someone that actually played Blade that's training the new actor to play and take down these group of vampires and everything else. And I think that would be an awesome idea is to have him play the character of of Wessler. And I don't think, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything that would actually take away from the movie or anything that would actually be forced with the movie or anything like that. I think it would be an excellent idea. Um, you know, because I feel like, like I said before, as long as you don't change the origin of the story, to, uh, of the background of that character to benefit the actor, I'm okay with it uh, and everything. Because of the fact that, you know, I think that Wesley Snipes needs a good comeback. I think the perfect way to actually make him have a comeback is the fact that you would want to go on ahead and put him in a Blade movie. And don't get me wrong. I loved him in The Expendables and stuff like that. But 
even that didn't jumpstart his career. And I'm not sure if his career is just dead or not. But to have him play uh, Whistler again on the big screen might actually jumpstart his career all over again. And I'm always rooting for comebacks for actors and stuff like that. I never really hate actors or anything like that, especially if they fall off. And a matter of fact, I root for Adam Sandler every single time whenever he releases a new comedy, thinking that I'm going to laugh about it. And that just never happens. But now that he's actually doing some dramas and stuff like that, I'm sold on his dramatic chops, so maybe that's where his comeback is going to be coming from. But Wesley Snipes, I'm hoping that Blade actually goes on ahead and resurrects his career. Because because here's the thing. He was a great action star in the 90s. I liked him in a lot of movies. I liked him in Money Train. I liked him in... A lot of other murder at sixteen hundred. I love passenger fifty one. The list just goes on 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 that. And you know, I feel like having Wesley Snipes as Whistler is a great idea. So tell me what you guys think about that idea about uh, Wesley Snipes for Whistler, because I would like to actually know who's your picks to be Whistler if they actually choose to do so to have Whistler. In the Blade reboot. Because remember this. Just because we saw Wessler in the other movies. It doesn't necessarily mean that the script is going to be calling for a character like Wessler. Or calling for Wessler himself. So tell me what you guys actually think about that idea. And there's one more thing I wanted to bring up. And that's the fact that 007. uh, A good Good Day to Die. Uh, has actually found its theme song singer. And that is Billy Illish, I think it is. I'm sorry if I'm butchering her, butch- butchering her name. And here's the thing. I haven't listened to any of her music or anything like that. But my biggest pet peeves is when people already made up their minds before they actually hear the theme song to a certain song on a soundtrack or with a James Bond theme. And like, well, her style of music just doesn't match up. Who's to say that she's going to have to use her style of music or anything like that, you know, per se? Then she might actually touch on it a little bit, but it's going to feel like a James Bond type of theme. It's not going to be where it's like a Billy Eilish kind of song. It's going to be a blend with her style mixed in with a little bit of James Bond flavor. And I can't stand people that are really critical to the point where like, well, this is just going to suck. Did you hear the song, Jackass? Did you hear... That's what I want to know. Did you hear the actual song to know that it's going to suck? Or or is that just your opinion before you even got a chance to even listen to to it and everything? Because here's the thing. That's the same thing, for example, that happened with Eminem, with his, new, with his album Revival. People already made up their minds before I even hit the shelves. And before you know it, that album tanked. The same thing that's going on with this... And everything with this lead singer and everything, they already made up their mind saying that this song is going to suck before they even get a chance to even listen to it. How can you actually judge something that you didn't even hear? And I get the fact, it's the internet. That's not an excuse to be a butthole. I'm sorry. Just because you live on the internet or live in your mama's basement does not give you an excuse to go ahead and act like a jackass and everything and dictate something that you haven't seen or heard before. Or anything like that. It doesn't give you any excuse at all. It makes you look like a five-year-old at your keyboard with a cap lock on and typing away and everything. Because you feel like you're 
a part of your opinion, your opinion actually matters. And I understand my opinion probably doesn't matter to hell the high water, but you know, I'm just trying to get to the point that, you know, don't dictate something that you haven't already heard. And another thing too is my biggest pet peeve is that sucked. Okay. What sucked about it? What didn't you like about this movie? What didn't you like about this song? What didn't you, uh, explain to me why you don't like something? Just like I don't like it makes you look like a five year old. That's all it does. It makes you look like that you're a five year old at the keyboard, and all you can say is two words: it sucked. That's it. No explanation. No anything. All you do is just act like a five year old with your cap lock on. Captain Caplock, and that's it. You don't have any idea of any type of way to actually, let's say, uh, talk to somebody. You don't have any way to debate with anybody other than the fact that something sucked without even even explaining anything. And that's one of my pet peeves is the fact, what didn't work for you? Explain to me why you didn't like something. Because then we can actually have a real-life conversation. Because I can't have a conversation with someone that says, it sucked. Because I'm always the person that, I'm like George Colin, in a way. If I'm Sorry if I'm butchering the comedian's name. But I'm the type of person that loves to actually debate, have fun, and talk about what didn't work with somebody. And I can actually respect that person's opinion because of the fact that, you know... They actually told me why something didn't work for them. And then I can go back and say, okay, that didn't work for you, whatever. All movies are subjective and everything else. And I never try and persuade somebody to like something that they didn't like because that's their own opinion. But just to say it sucked and you haven't listened to anything that this artist actually does. Well, I haven't listened to what she does. But what I'm just trying to say is, you know... Just to say that it sucked without even listening to the James Bond theme song? Come on. How old are you? Five years old? Be a better person. Grow up and have some dignity and listen to the song before you judge and criticize somebody. So anyways, that's just my little two cents. That's those my little rant that I wanted it that I'm that I'm just wanted to get out there. But I think that she might actually crush it for the James Bond theme. I'm probably going to go on ahead and listen to a couple of her mu- some of her music and everything just to get familiarized with her style and stuff like that. Because I'm always interested in hearing new artists rather than being closed up to where I'm only listening to certain things that I listen to. But anyways, tell me what you guys think about the show. Tell me what you guys think about House of Dragon, Helen Lyle returning, Amazon canceling the Dark Tower series, Green Lantern, HBO Max updates, uh, Wesley Snipes. Joining uh, Blade, Whistler, being as Whistler, that's like I said, that's not set in stone. That's just my thoughts on who I would like to actually see as Whistler. So, tell me what you guys have to say about that, and then of course, let me know what you guys think about about Billy Eilish uh, singing the th- James Bond theme. So that'll do it for me for tonight for Movie Lovers Unite, and until next time.